Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Mike Peck. He leads Outside Source, a 37-year-old software firm specializing in mobile and web applications for connected devices. The company designs the interactions between devices that create connected experiences. IoT, or the Internet of Things, continues to change and impact the landscape of business. As the world becomes more connected, challenges exist to create tools that resonate with customers and build lasting value. This is where design intent and customer empathy meet. Mike began his career in the world of advertising and brand strategy. He guided companies large and small as they positioned both their organization and their products with clear messages and intentional design. Beginning his career in sales and marketing, he is well-versed in the intersection of brand development and technology uh, execution. Mike, thanks for being on the show. How are you? My pleasure, man. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's it's been good. You actually inspired me. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this is about my original mission statement, which I've actually kind of tweaked around experiences, but you've literally hit it on the head where there's four elements of marketing, messaging, design, tech, and customer experience or experience mm-hmm. in general. It could be employee, it could be investor, it could be whatever. And um, when we met, you know, before COVID, when we could actually meet and have coffee and meet in person and everything, um, I was just thoroughly impressed with um, your humbleness, your, your your thoughtfulness, and also you have this um, very calming vibe. Um, and it's very, I don't know if it's stoic or if it's um, kind of just like a chill, relaxed um, vibe, but when we were talking about outside source, um, you talked about, you know, joining the company and then, you know, moving up the ranks, I believe. But I kind of wanted to know, and I think the listeners want to know that story because I was always impressed by that is, you know, how did you get involved with outside source? So outside source as an organization is is older than you might think. We're approaching 38 years old um, and the essence of the organization started with design at its heart, meaning the guys that founded the organization in 1983 were traditional art directors in the design sense of the word. And uh, I met them and really appreciated their skill. But more importantly, I appreciated how much they put ethics and integrity at the center of what they were doing. They asked me in 2001 to join the organization to bring a strategic brand perception and engagement to the projects they were working on. So in other words, don't just design me a brochure, make sure that it connects with the customer vision. How does it, how does it fit with an audience? And that's what I did. I like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, brand's perception is everything. I feel like a lot of companies hit, hit that where they're like, I have this product and who does that, who does that resonate with? Or even if it resonates with, um, our own, you know, the own messaging of uh, the vision of the company. So, you know, can you kind of describe kind of what the transitional stages have been? Because I know that since we last chatted, um, you know, a year or so ago, like in person chatted that, you know, you were, you were transitioning outside source to be more of an IOT um, development firm or more of an IOT company and wanted to kind of, you know, talk about the transitioning from being, you know, all the way from a design agency back in 1983 to, to now, which is an IOT, you know, company. Well, think about it this way. Um, in the process of software, there's a methodology called agile, which essentially means 
you hypothesize, you deliver, you measure, and then you do it again. It's, it's, it's a way of constant improvement. What we noticed was that from 1983 to 1990-something, uh, things started to get more digital, as you can imagine. And we made adjustments. How does design show up on the web? How does design show up in training? How does design show up in interactive tools? And we provided those and, and evolved our business to serve the customer needs. Well, as you can probably imagine, what happened later in that phase was that things became mobile. And it would have been easy to not evolve, but we didn't want to do that. We wanted to evolve and respond to what was happening. It turns out that we had a lot of skill in connected device work and grew that business and decided five years ago, six years ago, that we were going to focus our intent and our energy into that area, into connected device work, and then bring along good design and good customer experience along the way. I like that. You, you led to design first. I think that's really cool in the sense that a lot of companies with design thinking and that kind of stuff, they build constructs, but they don't necessarily think about bringing the messaging or bringing the tech and the other elements of marketing and the experience along with it. Um, they might focus on experience, but they never draw it together. So, yeah, um, of, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on. No, you. you're go ahead. Part of what I I say all the time is design is a broader word than you think it is. Right. Design for me is a synonymous word with intent. You know, the the best architecture is done for a reason. The 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 best logos have these subtle meanings to them that that the that the art director put in there on purpose. So you can when you design with intent, that Ideally, that means that you're taking into consideration how it looks, how it behaves, how it connects, and how it hopefully resonates with your audience. So we talk about design in our firm in a very, very broad sense, but making sure that there's always intent. I like that. And what kind of intent is there when you, you're talking about, you know, customer groups? Like what are customer groups and how do you build deep connections through story tech and, you know, service engagement through design? Oh, but complicated question, but a good one. Um, we can start off with the first one. What are customer groups? <laughs> so every business, it doesn't matter. Every business has different audiences that they have to serve. They may prioritize them differently. Customer groups have segments. You have the sales force that you're talking to. You have the internal customers that you're talking to. You might have suppliers that you're talking to. And you, you take varying paths of strategy with each one. The goal is, am I using the right technology with each? Do they understand the story behind what we're doing? And I don't mean a sales story. I mean the story of the organization itself. Read. You know, read the packaging sometime of an Apple product. And you can see that they spend a lot of time thinking about the words that are in there and the story that is surrounding it. My my hypo, my hypothesis cut. My hypothesis is that's good. Hypothesis, we're good. <laughs> my hypothesis is that people respond to businesses that they feel like 
care about them and they can get a sense of what they stand for. If I, if I said a couple of businesses, like, you know, what does Patagonia stand for, right? What does FedEx stand for? What does Amazon stand for? Immediately, you'll have something in your head that says, this is what these guys stand for. And if the answer is, I don't know, that means that they're not looking at their customer groups well enough. They're not creating a story well enough, or they're not just giving somebody a reason to have a story in general. I think you hit it on the head in the sense of how that connects with put it together. We just had a little technical glitch there, listeners. We're all good. <laughs> We're back on now. <laughs> um, no, you, you hit it on the head um, when you know we're talking about deep connections with story tech and customer engagement is that I can see an ad online for, for Patagonia and I can immediately see high quality hiking. Like I can see myself in the mountains. I can see myself um, engaging. Like I, I'm, I can wear this brand and I can feel comfortable, but I'm also experiencing something with that brand. Right. And immediately when you said that, I was that immediately just resonated with me in the sense that you don't have to describe it. You can literally say a brand, Coca-Cola, Nike, whoever, and it resonates with somebody because they have, you know, in some way has touched them with an experience. Even small brands can do that too. Oh yeah. And actually the small brands need to learn from the large brands. So if I said to you, picture a Starbucks in Phoenix, Arizona, you'd have no problem picturing what what it smelled like, what it looked like, what it sounded like. You'd have no problem with that. And the, the real power is understanding that customer engagement is the differentiator for the coming years. Mm-hmm. People will gravitate to things that they they know what to expect. They appreciate how it's put together and and it's making and you're making it easy for them. And that, that'll connect me to IoT, right? We're mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're helping customers create interactive experiences that are easy, that are engaging, and help build this brand connection for the for the for the organizations. Because you as an you as a consumer are relying on technology more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And that's predominantly evident based on what's happened over the last eight to nine months. The entire world has been asked to converge and consume technology at a rate with which they would not have chosen. Had I said to you, Sean, let's meet over Zoom three years ago, you wouldn't have known what Zoom was. But now now it's part of the vernacular. So my, my feeling is that the businesses that understand that They understand that over the last nine months, the entire world experienced both good interactive tools as well as challenging ones. Hopefully, they'll realize that poor customer experience is not going to be tolerated as it might have been before. Your patience. I I completely agree with you. Um, There's there's constantly be like I run ads all the time or I um, or I see advertisements and I see people who don't connect um, the brand experience from an advertisement back to the website. Um, and it's frustrating because it should be a one to one interaction. Mm. And, I, and I think the 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 companies that have been successful for before um, tested quickly and they were consistent. They knew exactly right. what their when you're talking by hypothesis, I almost ruined that word too. <laughs> they they had a control and they had a variant and they were trying to see on a scale of how to do that. And I think that's why Zoom and other companies kind of saw that ahead of time 
where let's connect on here. But the other thing was, is that not only were they giving the service um, and they had free, you know, uploads or you could pay for the versions or, you know, and different, you know, have different, you know, work rooms or whatever. But the thing was, is that they noticed even with people on the free versions, they had to add um, so much more Internet capacity Mm. and connections to that because a lot more people were getting on there. And if they lost, you know, somebody and they're like, yeah, we don't want to use Zoom anymore, then they go to, you know, they switch to another provider, Um, even if they were free or not, um, you're losing out on that potential because, yeah, there's obviously money in money out and that kind of stuff. But you have to see it in the sense of um, Facebook or yeah, Facebook, for example, you make a free account. The reason that they can pay so much um, and and the stock has gone up the roof um, with a lot of that kind of stuff is because you have access to people. Um, and that's what Zoom allowed to do was access to people. And if you restrict that um, and you don't, you're not consistent about it, you lose that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you hit it on the head with the challenge. I mean, the, with the challenging experiences with the ones that are more storefronts that were, were challenged by, you know, people not being able to see face to face. And how do you recreate that that experience? So. But here's here's one thing I kind of want the listeners to take away is, um, you know, what is one thing, one takeaway that you can give the give, you know, the Converge Coffee listeners here, you know, the, con- the connections that you're talking about in the sense of what you're hoping with outside source and what your future plans are, as well as where's your foundation in the sense of values and deeper connections? How does that play into effect? Uh, the one thing that I would want people to take away is customer experience has lots of dimensions. As you said earlier, it has a design dimension. It has a story dimension. It has a technology dimension. What I hope people take away is that they realize that they can build a relationship if they walk into this room of technology and do what we said earlier, be agile, put something out there and listen and have empathy and, and, and actually take feedback. And don't just put together a technical requirements document and go build software because just because something works and it functions well and it kicks the formula out the other end doesn't mean that it's easy for me to use. Mm-hmm. There are lots of software applications out there that function but are hard and you, you've got audiences that are constantly coming out of college right now that grew up with iPhones in their hand where some people didn't. So they're expecting things to be easier. You, the second question, you know, what drives me? Uh, honestly, I think that people want to do businesses, don't want to do work with businesses where trust is at the center. And I think that if you earn an audience's trust, you have a customer for a long time unless you betray that trust. And for me, that's at my core. I want to build a business based on integrity. I want to build relationships with, with customers that appreciate what we do. And, and I, I'll, I'll go the extra mile for somebody that shows the trust in me that I'm going to show it in them. Yeah. No, it's like a friendship. It's like a marriage. It's like any a contract, anything that you're kind of going to. It's like meet me halfway. Yeah, if I, the, the, the huge difference. There's a huge difference between a vendor and a partner. And mm-hmm. I don't mean a partner in, in terms of a fiscal partner. I mean that if you have a strategic relationship with someone, 
Take an attorney, for example. Yes, attorneys are hourly employees, but or hourly resources, but they will tell you, hey, look out, this thing's around the corner. They will guide you. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to be. I want to help organizations guide their steps through connected device actions because connected devices are not going away. And just because you can build something doesn't mean you should. And if you connect with your customers in a way that builds a relationship, you will succeed and you'll differentiate yourself against your competition. You're almost like a route marker if you're running a marathon or Mm. that's why I just like, when you mentioned that, I was like, I just think of that when you're like, if you don't see the marker and you run off path and then you get lost and you don't know where you're going and then you have to spend double the time getting back to where you're at. Especially in software, especially if you're building software that happens all the time that you build something and you realize, oh man, we painted ourselves in a corner and we didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm not going to drill you with any more questions, but if you want to actually, you know, this is the point of the, the show of an offline background. And the reason, you know, for the abruptness is that I want to kind of stay on topic with this. If you want to actually share a story of how you guided a client, I think that'd be a perfect example of segueing from, you know, being that strategic partner. We, so, um, Using generic references, we had a company that brought us a roadmap with three phases of what they wanted to build and why. And it was complicated. They they had they had thought through this is what we want to do in this phase, this is what we want to do in the next phase, and this is what we want to do in the in the third phase. And they asked us to provide, you know, feedback, guidance, cost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What our team did was came back to them and said, by the way. Something that you have planned for in phase three, if you do it in phase one, it will save you time, money, and structural resources. We could have easily just built it as they said, but mm-hmm. that's not the right thing to do because they, by doing it the way that we suggested it, it helped them in the future and it created a, a solid foundation upon which they could build and phased elements in phase three were easier to do as a result. So that's just, that's simply an example of how we are. We want to be a guide. Mm-hmm. We want to be somebody that's helpful. I like that. Kind of like, um, in the sense, um, I, I kind of referenced this before, kind of like um, a shaman or, a boy scout or something in that nature where um, you don't see it that much these days where you don't have enough guides these days. It's all about getting the work done. And I like that you're talking about being a guide and saying that, you know, we're not just going to be order takers that we're going to see, you know, efficiencies and we're going to help you give um, the best course of action that we're seeing based upon our expertise. If you wanted to climb a very complicated mountain, right? with mountaineering, you would go with somebody that had been up that mountain before. Yes. And that person may not carry things for you, but they'll be able to say, this is a good place to stop. This is a great place to get water, right? They, they've they been up the mountain. After 11 years of doing IoT, we've seen a lot. And we've seen things that can help organizations avoid pitfalls because there are a lot of them. IoT is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Everything's, I mean, complicated when you have all the all the connections with everything oh and the, the massive scalability. But the thing is, is that, I mean, you have 11 years. Imagine, you know, people being 
I think the when people see mastery, sometimes obviously mastery takes a ton, a long time. But since we're we are have experiences um, a lot quicker um, with lot scalability, just with the internet and everything and mm-hmm. digital and things, how fast they grow. We have to kind of it's a double edged sword. We have to pick apart what we want to focus in on, but then also the the other side of it too is is that it's it's rapid. You know, we learn, we can learn so much faster um, than 10 years ago yeah. in a business in a year, you know, or even six months that we can learn and test things a lot quicker. But then also the barriers of entry of, you know, like Amazon, when they started in 1999 or, you know, earlier in the 90s, that it took longer to succeed just with, you know, how things were connecting people. But once they ramped up and they put themselves in, it was easier for them to enter. It was harder for them to build it out. And now it's become harder to enter, but easier to build up once you build that trust. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Makes sense. So, okay. About you, Mike, this is part of the episode where it's not about outside source. It's not about um, connected devices. It's not IOT. It's um, it's about you. So what get you what's the first thing what's your why when you get up in the morning why do you do what you do for work i really there's a there's a huge helpful side to me so i really like i really like knowing that what we're doing is helping businesses succeed helping people connect with others solving problems uh, that's what i like to do and what i've really done is i've taken my heritage as a a brand storyteller and moved it into the world of technology as a business case story. How do you, how can you solve a business problem with a connected device? How do you, how do you connect your, your customer groups with your salespeople with, with this cloud infrastructure? And my team can help do that. And that's what I really like to do. Uh, I, I get up in the morning because I work with a very, very solid group of people and uh, it's it's fun telling the stories about uh, the clients that we've solved or helped solve problems. I like that. Yeah, and I've seen your website. I've seen some of the uh, the testimonials. I know that um, you've been growing even this, in this last year because um, I saw a few new logos on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you do as for you know, kind of how do you recharge? How do you stay creative? You know, with you know, with a hobby or health? You know, can you can you kind of give some insight to people who might be um, even with the sheer struggling with, even especially with health being indoors and that kind of stuff a lot more that, you know, what have, what has helped you, you know, re-energize you this year, even, even before too. I've, I've been trying to, to read more, all sorts of different things. Um, I, well, I can't do what I love as much. I, I'm a big hiking fan. I love to be out there and, and hiking and social distancing has made that a little bit of a challenge. Um, I, uh, I play guitar very poorly. <laughs> um, there's a uh, uh, there have been lots of books that talk about kind of what you do outside of your focus time, and I think that that's really helpful. Finding something, whether it's a an instrument to play or a hobby, uh, you know, my my daughter is an incredible artist, and I don't have that gift, but I like to I like to play my guitar, I like to hike, I like to uh, I like to play darts. I got a dart board for my birthday. Uh, that's uh and i i love my family i like that well i think that perfectly sums up everything um mike you know i've been so impressed with how you know 
your core mission is that you want to be helpful and you always have this air about this, um, this gentle helpness. Like you introduce people um, so effortlessly, almost kind of like a connected device. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for, you know, talking about connected devices, IOT, outside source, um, a little bit about you, you know, agile mentality or methodology um, and also being, you know, that guide of actually how to find guides and actually in giving um, a really good, you know, synopsis of how you have helped, even just a little story of how you helped a client without going into the details, because there, there could have been, a, there is a lot of details with connected devices. And then just sharing about you, um, why you, you know, it's not just you that you're talking about, you're also talking about your a solid group of people that you work for, that you're not just saying my team, it's, it's the people that I work with. And, you know, talking about your family a little bit and how you love to be in nature, I totally agree with you on that. So Mike, thanks for being on this episode. It is my pleasure, man. Nice to uh, connect with you. Be well, and we will, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.